Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. So very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. I can't believe it, it's the 34th and final big match preview of the season. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here at the Valley, the home of the uh, mid-table in League One addicts, is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? All right, yeah. Yeah, you good? Yeah? Yeah. Feeling happy that the season's drawing to a close? Yes and no. Yes and no. rubbish season, but... Two weeks into the summer, I'll be wanting football back, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and uh, joining uh, the, the two of us to wallow in the in the glory of this campaign is uh, Nathan Munno. Dan Nathan? Yeah, living the dream. Top of our mini league, mate. I'm buzzing. Yeah. Top, top, I we're think, way above it by now. Right, yeah, I well, think, there's a danger, though, that we're going to get promoted into the top half and then finish bottom of that. So yeah. we, we, what would you rather, finish top of the bottom half or bottom of the top half? Well, considering a few weeks ago, like we were like relegation rivals and now, t- t- we could be 12th. Uh, mate, what an improvement year on year <laughs> we have had. If yeah. you look at it in terms, because every we were struggling, has been the right one, and every yeah every game we've improved. We're going to finish twelfth. Who could want any more? Who could ask for more? Twelfth so, in the league. Clearly getting carried away with this little good <laughs> run we've, uh, we've ended, uh, ended the season. We're going to lose like eight 0 <laughs> on Sunday now. Uh, right, obviously on tonight's show, this is the big match. <coughs> so we will look ahead to our final game of the season here at the Valley with Swindon Town already relegated. Swindon, of course, uh, because it's the end of the season. You always get the same sort of topics you want to talk about at the end of the season. You look at the squad, who you're going to keep. You you look at your favourite moments of the season, game of the season, that sort of thing. We've got all those sort of things to talk about. There's been some uh, some reported goings in the coaching staff, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, reported uh, extension on, on contracts. We'll talk about those, particularly one for a player that we all love on on this show which is Johnny Jackson and uh, of course another player we will love on this show which is Andrew Crofts uh, 70 years ago yesterday the Addicts won the FA Cup our only ever major honour so we're going to hear the highlights from that game uh, and uh, and discuss it as well Nathan's got a amused look on his face uh, as per normal I didn't know he was that old though <laughs> or tell yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, Terry, it's Terry doing the commentary <laughs> Terry was 30 <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, tell. Yeah, uh, if we've got time we're going to hear from Jake Forster Kasky from uh, after Saturday's game so we didn't get a chance to play that on uh, last Sunday's show uh, uh, and then, like I say, look ahead to the the game with uh, with uh, Swindon and, and the uh, the protests that will go hand in hand uh, with that game. Uh, so I think the first thing we w- we will talk about is, I mean, the, the, there's been one of the bugbears that people have had at the club over the last three years, uh, sort of in- instability in terms of management teams. Now um, it, it's been announced that uh, uh, through through uh, I think Rick Everett and through Richard Corley that. It sounds like both uh, Richie Barker and Simon Clark are going to be leaving the club at the end of the season. It sounds like uh, Barker's going to go up to uh, Rotherham. He's the assistant manager, and he got Clark, the first-team coach. Uh, I'm not sure I've seen exactly where he's going, but it sounds like he's leaving as well. Now, you know, in, in terms of stability, obviously it's disappointing to lose. I mean, particularly Barker, who we waited for over a month for him to, to join Robinson after, after he'd left uh, Milton Keynes. 
uh, and now it looks like he's not going to hang, hang about. I mean, what would you make of that one first on? It's it's really frustrating. Um, I don't think I think we've said for a few weeks now that this management team has been brilliant. You know, we've had a rocky second half of the season. We've flirted with relegation, and okay, we joked about it earlier. And our little upturn in form is nice to see, but it's come too little, too late. Um, but having said that, as you say, the stability is so important. And I saw a tweet earlier, and the first team coaching lineup since January 2014. You know, you've got Damian Matthew, Alex Dyer, Rob, Ben Roberts, Carol Fry, Patrick Van Hoot, uh, David Martin, Wim Decourt, Jason Yule, Jose Shonachamp, Simon Clark, Kevin Nugent, Richie Barker, Chris O'Loughlin, and Lee Bowyer. So that's in just over three years we've had that many coaches. Like, how can you get any sort of rhythm in the style of play you want in the players that you want in certain positions how can the players get used to going into training every day when that there's that much upturn you look at the seasons where we've been successful recently and there's that consistency and they go in and they know what to expect and they know what's expected of them and it must be difficult to do that when you've got new people trying to teach you things every day you know if you just imagine going back to to school or something you've got a different teacher teaching you a subject every day it's going to be confusing because they don't know what your level is they don't know what to expect from you and you don't know what what to expect from them so it it's not a surprise given how we've we've worked in the last few years but it's one of the big reasons I think that we've struggled yeah if, interestingly enough I was, I was listening to the a Football Ramble podcast the other day and they, they spoke to Professor Chris Brady who's like a, a management expert and this sort of thing and he, he knows a lot of Premier League managers and they talked about how um, when, when David Moyes went, went to join Man United he insisted on taking his whole his old staff there so the players who had done really well the previous season and won the league uh, had to deal with a whole new staff and obviously that's different circumstances to us we've, we've been on decline but the fact that there was this turnover of staff they, they felt might have affected what happened there and you know I mean, Sue, Sue's talked about on this show, Nath, about how footballers are like children. They crave a bit of consistency. And I guess the, the lack of consistency in the coaching staff, you know, it could potentially be a problem. I mean, if, if Carl's now... I mean, we, we thought he's bringing in his own man when, when Barker came. But if he's now going to get his own coaching staff and he's going to be happy with that, then you'll see that as a positive. But, you know, if that's not the case or if there is too much turnover, then it could be seen as a negative as well. Yeah, there was... The turnover isn't going to help, but then on the same on the same token, the the amount... That we've um, the amount of staff that we've got there at the moment. So I don't, I don't think Lee Turner sits on the bench anymore, does he? Because we've got so many blooming staff down there. Um, it, it was always inevitable that we're going to have to get rid of a load of staff, and it, that could also have an effect. In, let's say, like you said about children, you know, they have to have consistency. When you've got loads of different voices saying loads of different things, there was times in the t- in the in the technical area the other day where you had Cole, Lee, Richie. Cole, Chris O'Loughlin, whatever his name is, all talking at the same time, trying to get one, and that can't be good for you know getting instructions across. So, no, it's it's not it's not great, but it was going to happen due to the size of the staff that we had. But Richie, I don't know if he was pushed or he's gone voluntary. I don't know. But I think it sounds like he wanted. Yeah, because he's gone to Rotherham, who he used to play for, didn't he? So I mean, that makes sense. Maybe he wants to go back nearer home. I don't know, Um, but I think obviously it needed to be trimmed down anyway. Uh, the staff but like you said the consistency now is we need to, to have that staff for, before pre-season so we know the plans we know when they're coming in throughout and then keep that for at least well six months hopefully but as Tom said earlier um, it couldn't it could could not stay like that <laughs> it could change again we don't know So yeah I mean it, it probably was a case of, of too many chefs with, the, with the, the sheer amount of coaches we had and you think you know, the, the more coaches you have the more that eats into whatever your budget is that's all, that's all money that mm. has to be paid so I guess 
in, in terms of streamlining that, it's, prob- it's probably a good thing if, if we can if we can get the right bodies in. Yeah, I suppose so. And, and Matt on Sunday show obviously talked about. Carl's mentioned this budget he's got for the summer, but that includes getting people like Nabi Sar off the wage wage bill as well, and, and Vetekele and people that are out on loan at the moment. So, yes, this does help to that extent, but would you rather get rid of an assistant coach or coach or manager or whatever they are that have been around some of the players that are going to be here next year, or would you rather get rid of some centre-back who's been away on loan and has got no affiliation with this club other than getting his wages paid by them? So... Obviously, I think we'd rather get rid of them. It's just whether we can. So, obviously, we know Duchatelet likes to cut where he can and, and save money where he can. But, as I say, that at the moment, that's to the detriment of the team. And whether he cares about that or not, I think we know the answer. But as fans, we do. And if, if this is having that effect on the team, then obviously we're not going to be happy. But let's see who he brings in. If you know, I said on yesterday, I think, when the news broke, that if, if it's Jacko that comes in, then that's going to please some fans. Obviously, he hasn't got a huge amount of experience, but he's someone that's at least got a bit of a connection to the club and, and could hopefully offer some consistency in that area. Yeah, obviously, the the, the news about Jacko that we heard from, from Carl last Saturday was that he sounds like he's going to extend his contract. Now, Carl, Carl made... I mean, the way Carl was talking, he said, you know, really wants Jacko to lead the team. He made it sound like he was... You know, playing his last ever game for the club. Now he's getting his contract renewed by the sounds of it. So I don't think I don't think that'll be the case. But certainly sounds like he's going to be more involved in coaching next season. I mean, uh, is is he inexperienced? I mean, is that the only way he's going to learn really? So mm. do, do you think he's going to be the number one coach? Do you think Lee Bowie is going to get appointed? Do, yeah. do you think these are all possibilities, aren't they? Um, yeah, just like you say, you know, you've got to start somewhere. You know, Chrissy Powell came in, was inexperienced, and he worked wonders, but. Um, it would be nice for him to stay because we do need something like that. Um, I'm surprised Simon Clark's going because what he done for the youth guys as well. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I can't see him playing too many games this year, uh, next year rather. Um, he's obviously he can't do two games in a week anymore, which we can all see. And he obviously can't play left back. <laughs> so I mean, I think you know he can come in. You know, needs must. You know, if if we're literally to the bare bones, but. Um, will he be a head coach? I, I don't. I don't think so. I think he'd make a good assistant because you know he's he's going to learn his trade somehow, and maybe he'll get a proper head coach. And I don't know unless I don't know is Chris going to go. O'Loughlin going to go assistant to the head coach. But well, that's the next question. The, yeah. the last thing we knew that was that O'Loughlin was going to stay till the end of the month. I think when he first came in, it was only for three months or something. He was going to be here, and now he's staying to the end of the seasons, right? <laughs> uh, so I mean, what would you do? You expect him to stay? I mean, uh, Carl mentioned during the interview. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they felt that O'Loughlin had been shocked by the the uh, intensity. I think it was of League mm. One. And did you think he's, you know, it's, it's obviously all a learning curve for him. Do you think he, he likely to stay or to go? I don't think he's going to turn it down if he gets the opportunity to stay here. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that Roland's going to get rid of him. It's it's uh, as we come back to about the summer transfers. It's whether Carl gets his say on what he wants. If Carl thinks Chris is is right for the side and he actually makes that decision, then fair enough because he's the manager of the club. But if he's being told that Chris is staying, then that's a different matter. Um, the only person we haven't really seen here, I think, that we've been linked with over the past few years is Vignovic. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what he's doing, but he might have to get his get his bags packed and head over here. But. Uh, I don't know. As I say, for me, the most important thing is consistency. Uh, do I particularly want Carl Robinson as our manager? Not really. Do I particularly want Chris O'Glockman as assistant? Not particularly. But if there's some consistency there, let's just try that for a change because we've had so many changes over the past three years and that hasn't worked. So 
just give it a go and see what happens. Hmm. So there you go. Right. So uh, discussing the uh, the coaching changes that it looks like it's going to have. A quick break here on Charlton Live. Then we're going to move ahead to talking about uh, 70 years ago when Charlton won the FA Cup. Going on a run, Holmes. Holmes still on the ball, heading towards the corner of the penalty area. Gets the ball in the box. Novak with the header! It's a goal! Oh, what a goal! Lee Novak with a superb glancing header from a magnificent Holmes cross. Puts Charlton in the lead. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Now obviously on the, uh, on Sunday show we looked back at something that happened just five years ago, our memorable record-breaking uh, League One title success, and uh, we heard from the man that masterminded that, Chris Powell. So don't forget, if you haven't heard Sunday's podcast yet, it's been uh, pretty much our most popular podcast of the season so far, I think. Uh, you can uh, you can go uh, go, on to, uh, go on to the Acast uh, or via our website and, and have a look for that the Chris Powell interview special it's definitely worth a listen and like I say once again thank uh, Matt Wright and the voice of the value who provided that interview Matt came in and, and spoke about that as well we, we reminisced for pretty much the entire hour and a half on the, on Sunday and it's well worth a listen if you haven't now another piece of reminiscing that we need to do is something that happened 70 years ago yesterday 1947 at Wembley Stadium the Addicts um, who'd uh, lost the FA Cup final the previous year against Derby uh, by four goals to one in, uh, in extra time, uh, were due to face Burnley. And now this is how that game went. Wembley Stadium and the 66th Cup Final. Charlton Athletic in white shirts and Burnley kick off. Football critics prophesied the battle of the defences, and that's the way it turned out. Burnley's half-back line, with skipper Alan Brown outstanding, holds fast against all Charlton's attacks. Now watch Burnley's Jackie Chu, number seven, break away. But left-back Shreve, number three, is there to tackle him. The ball goes upfield to Chris Duffy, number 11, Charlton outside left. And here he is in a neat little ballet number with Burnley back, Arthur Woodrow. This is Charlton's fourth Wembley appearance in five years. Twelve months ago, the first peacetime final saw them lose to Derby County. So Charlton are not suffering from any Wembley nerves. Five of their boys were here last year. Duffy has the ball again. He passes to Don Welsh, number 10. He shoots, but Strong is there to save. The second half, and both teams put on the pressure. But the defences are still way on top. Billy Morris, number eight, has a bang at goal, but Sam Bartram is safe. And now the Charlton attack is off again. Hurst, number seven, has the ball, but Burnley get it away. And again, it's goalkeeper Bartram, this time with a save from Burnley's Harrison. The Lancashire forwards just couldn't get the ball past the Charlton keeper. 
score after 90 minutes, extra time is played. Last year at the Charlton Derby final, the same thing happened. An hour and a half of grueling, fast-moving football in brilliant sunshine has taken it out of the players. Duffy still has plenty of energy, but this time Woodruff beats the winger to it. Second half of extra time and still no score. It looks like a replay with only four minutes to go. Now the ball is in the Burnley half. There's a goal, Mouse Campbell for the ball. Duffy gets to it and slams it into the goal. Slow motion sees the cannonball goal this way. And that was the end. A 1-0 victory snatched in the last few minutes of extra time gives the cup to Charlton Athletic. Welsh gets the trophy from the Duke of Gloucester. With Bartram carrying the prince, the London team follow their leader. Not so long ago, they were in the third division. They made headlines in a two-season climb into Division One. Now they've notched one more club record by winning their first FA Cup. And that's the way it went at this year's Cup Final. First FA Cup of many, I'm sure. Uh, 1947, we, we won the cup. Thanks to Terry Smith for the for the commentary there. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, uh, you know, when the only team in South London has won it. I mean, it's one of those things. Obviously, it's a very distant part of the history, and it's something that, you know, as fans, we can't really relate to. But I'm sure, I'm sure, grand- grandfathers and, and whatnot may may well have known someone who'd known someone who, who was there, or like we say, Terry was there, but. Um, it's, it's something you can look on with, with a, bit of, uh, a bit of pride really isn't it I still do but I don't know if that's just because that's all, all we've got to cling on to um, <laughs> and obviously we had that run a few years ago and got to the, the quarterfinals and dreamt of, of being able to go to Wembley and see us in, a, in an FA Cup semi-final and obviously that was, that was taken from us so as you say it's, it, it is you know you've got to have pride in, in your club's history um, it's just a shame that it's so long ago and obviously I think Powell said it himself when he was manager we, we don't do cup runs traditionally so um, we don't get many chances to celebrate stuff like that I think it was Middlesbrough was quarterfinals wasn't it and then yeah. Sheffield United recently and they're the only two that I can think of uh, Bolton in the quarterfinals in uh, yeah. about 2001 2000 yeah so we get, yeah. we get that, that far and just can't seem to make it over that final hurdle anymore but I watched the highlights when the club put them up the other day at that game and it, it was funny to see hear the commentary uh, slightly different to today and the, the football didn't look too much different I saw a couple of great tackles from someone who, who looked to reminded me a bit of Chris Solly um, <laughs> but yeah just it's a shame it's so long ago isn't it really yeah so the, the winning goal uh, was scored uh, by, by Chris Duffy sort of, I think it was four minutes from the end of, a, of added time everyone everyone now would have seen it sort of a goal now scramble but he's, he's there poaching uh, and uh, Dom, Dom Welsh was, was the captain went up to lift the cup uh, there, was a, there was there was some great audio from him actually I haven't got hold of mm, where he says oh we're, we're all really tired yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just shows how, how, how there are some uh, some differences in football now um, if, if they, they talked about Charlton's rise from uh, from I think they, they got two promo- promotions in, in consecutive seasons and then finished second in, in the first division it's incredible to think really back in the day Charlton were one of the biggest teams in the country, sort of like uh, that was sort of disrupted by the the Second World War, mm. where everyone decided to not play football and have a war instead. But mm. yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible to think it, uh, how how things could have been very different back in back in the thirties and forties if 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 the following few years had gone 
gone differently. Yeah, uh, we we can always dream that we're getting you know two consecutive cup finals, FA Cup finals. Um, don't think I'll see it in my lifetime anyway. But um, don't re- realistically, <laughs> do you think there's a chance we'll ever see Charlton win the FA Cup in our I lifetimes? Think, I can't see why not. Yeah, you look at some of the clubs that have done it. You know, like. Wigan there, Hull were in the final not that long ago, Villa in the final, was it last year or year before? The Palace so, were last year. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> Palace were there, small clubs can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't, you know, it it takes a bit of luck, um, but I don't think there's any reason we, we can't do it. We mm. just never seem to be that team, do we? That's the, that's the issue. I remember we done it once, was it Coventry, like, when Sean Newton scored? I remember that vividly, I don't know why. Oh, yeah, that was a third, a third yeah. round game, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we we seemed to go on, a, it was that sort of era when we went on some sort of one. And that was the season we got knocked out yeah. in the quarterfinals by Bolton, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously the uh, one, uh, obviously the most recent one, which we don't really want to talk about with Chris Powell and that, but <laughs> that was quite close. But, you know, hopefully, but, yeah, back in the day we seemed to be quite... You know, quite renowned for football, and also, you know, the older generation. Everyone I speak to, when I say, you know, I support Charlton, they'll always mention obviously the Big East Terrace and that, mm. and how many people we fit in here and everything. So, yeah, we were obviously well known. Um, we've sort of taken a tumble in uh, recent years, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> Managed by. I mean, there's some some of the names that, that come mm. out of that team. Like we've already mentioned, uh, Chris Duffy and Don Welsh, but you got Sam Bartram is in goals. Obviously, got the, yeah. the statue outside. Jimmy Seed was the manager. Uh, Peter Croker was a was a right back. You you, you, you recognise mm. these names, and I guess that's part of the reason you play football. Is you want to be a name that someone would recognise still in seventy years' time, isn't it? And I think, mm. as being the age we are, when we're looking back at it, obviously there's not a lot we can say about the game itself. Um, I don't know if we even necessarily know people directly who who remember the game, but what we can do is recognise those names. And as you say, you know, to have your name emblazoned on a stand or to have a statue outside the the club you know this isn't the Emirates where they put one up every five minutes these are special players in our history and those players you know they did they did a lot for us and there's that picture of Don Welsh I think somewhere around the valley isn't there as well holding the cup so those are names that as Charlton fans we can look back on as you say with pride and for them to be able to to go down in Charlton history is obviously massive for them as well Right, I uh, had an email in from Bob Knight who says, uh, when we were talking about the, uh, the the changing in the coaching structure, says, hi guys, wishful thinking that maybe the coaches are leaving because a change in ownership could result in wanting their own people in and these guys are leaving to make sure they've got a job. Now, I mean, that's that's you know one of the things you hear. I mean, everyone heard the, the rumours that were floating around about Carl and, and Wigan as well. I mean, you just wondered if they came out of the fact that there was ownership change a foot and then people start rumours and, and this and that but that is a possible reason I mean I, I do think there is the fact there is just so many people here and this this probably doesn't feel like a club yet where there's that much stability in your own role that you, you would be tempted to go to especially for, for the likes of Barker to go to somewhere like Rotherham where he's, he's known and appreciated and might, and might feel there's a bit more I mean there's a hell of a job to do at Rotherham but there's a bit more stability perhaps for next season Yeah it could be I mean like you said it's a, bit, it's a big payroll you know it's a big payroll and maybe Maybe, maybe it is the new owner sort of thing, maybe. Or maybe it'd just be a case of where Katrina and Roland have said, right, Jacole, wishful thinking here, you're going to get a nice big treasure chest for your uh, playing staff next year. However, if you want that, you're going to have to trim on the coaching front because you've got about 89 coaches at the moment. So maybe maybe it is just simply that. And and Cole's decided to say, right, OK, well, Simon Clark, you know, I prefer Chris or Lee or whoever his scarf is going to be. Or like you said, it could be a case of where they know something we don't. But then that would beg the, that would beg the question of what if that is the case? Why is Cole still here? Why hasn't he just resigned then? 
So I don't know. I, I think it's more towards the way of, you know, Catherine said, right, there's your budget. You can have that, but then you've got to trim some of it off your, your coach staff. But I don't, I'm not in the club, so I could be wrong. But that's what I would take a guess at anyway. Mm. Right, okay. Uh, let's have another quick break. We've still got plenty to talk about here on tonight's Charlton Live. We're going to go through the, the players now, uh, try and work out who we think is going to be here. Uh, next season we'll be back in 30 seconds or so so am I still waiting for this world to stop hating can't find a good reason can't find hope to believe in Ray Hergrod can he get across into the middle he can this comes to the Cousins. ball post yeah that's good to we're a goal yeah in the 96th minute Charlton Live <laughs> From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. It's the last big match preview of the season, 34th of the season. This is our 60-something, 65th or 66th show of the season. It's incredible, really. I'll just... uh, just to thank you, actually, at this point, thank you. We've, we've download, uh, we've had over eighty thousand downloads of the Channel Nine podcast uh, this season, which has been uh, easily our most uh, our, our most lucrative season, and, and I mean lucrative in the loosest uh, <laughs> term, because none of us have got anything from I was it. Say, I didn't see any of this. Yeah. <laughs> lucre, whatever it is, <laughs> filthy lucre. But uh, so, so none of, yeah. But uh, in, in terms of podcast down, eighty over eighty thousand. So we're really happy. Uh, that so many of you listened to us uh, over the course of the season. We thank you for that. Um, but like, like I say now, yeah, on on uh, Sunday, Sunday show is going to be the last show of the season. But I think in terms of we're going to have the Swindon games to talk about end of season compilation. In terms of like actually looking forward to next season, probably not going to be too much time to do that because we've got an end of season quiz as well. Um, so. I mean, at this time in the season, you, you want to start looking at, at players that you think are going to be here next season. Now, there's two that we've sort of had it confirmed of the players that are, are, are running out of contract uh, that will be here next season. That's Jacko, who's uh, we've been told, we're, well, we were told to expect an announcement this week, so still time for that, for potentially tomorrow. But, you know, we've, we've been told by Carl that he will be here next season. Uh, and the other one now is Andrew Cross. Um, Richard Corley's um, exclusive says that uh, Andrew Crofts has, has triggered a, a new deal with, uh, with the amount of games he's played. Now you're, you're shaking your head there, Tom. Um, you, you, you're not. I mean, you're not Crofts' biggest fan, are you? no? No. Just so keeping holes out of the team. <laughs> <laughs> I I see what what he's trying to do, and I applaud his effort because he works hard. But he just he just hasn't clicked. He makes too many mistakes. Like Nave said a couple of weeks ago, he gives the ball away so many times <laughs> for central midfielder. He's he's not creative enough. He's a bit of a firefighter or get in and you know get himself about and make tackles but as I say I think he's just a bit too slow for that and ends up fouling a few times so it's not that I dislike him personally or anything like that it's just I don't think the Charlton team is any better with him in it I mean um, it, it, I, remember, I remember thinking at the start of the season actually saying to, to someone after watching crossing uh, pre-season I was saying like he's alright but he's, he's, he's not the player that's going to drive you to mm. promotion is he I mean we want we want to you know, like I say, it'd be a bit of a water carrier. Like it'll do, it'll do a job for you. But he's not. You know, in terms of if we want an exciting player, now what where what his actual role in the team will be next season will be mm. interesting to see. Because I mean, like I say, if he's our number one choice in midfield, and which he has been for the majority of this season, I don't see us as being promotion contenders really. When you when you look at the some of the other teams that have having their midfields, like the, the Sheffield United and that, you compare that to what we've had. I mean, that's that, that's the reason that we're we're down where we are because our our playing staff isn't as good as theirs. Yeah. No. I. I I agree, and 
all season I've said well, our, our central midfield lacks that that Jordan Cousins type, the one who can who has a bit of pace, a bit of agility, who can turn defence from attack in a short short space. But like Tom said, you know, nothing against Crofty, but he's not. He, I see him like you said as a water carrier, as, a, as like a squad player. You know, come on, shore up, shore it up. The last ten fifteen minutes away from home, I wouldn't say he's a starter to you know give us that sort of that speed and that zip in the middle unfortunately but um yeah it looks like he's um here to stay we but (laughs) he's a squad player but it all depends like you said is he going to be our number one choice or is he just going to be seen as a backup next year and that's good well the proof being the pudding wouldn't it Mm. i think when we look at it the the best thing he's done for us is that way (laughs) recording the christmas video really so when that's your probably most successful part of the season it's mm. you know that's it, so, uh, it. and the ball from McGuinness's goal against Bristol that was it really. that, yeah. which was brilliant didn't it, that's it you can't, can't have won the season didn't he <laughs> spot the ball through for um, Lookman's goal at MK Dons and Boxing Day as well I think mm, I don't know or was great. Was scraping. Right, so two he won a corner once. Something. Right, so let's let's go let's go through the squad now. I mean, obviously, right. like Declan Rudd. I mean, he's a player who right. we, you talk. Oh, he's on loan, so the likelihood is we, he's, he's going to return to to Norwich and the well, and then his his contract's up at Norwich. So do you think there's a chance he'll come back here? Would, would, or would you have him? I'd have him. I'd have him. But I don't. I think he'll have better offers. Yeah, I think. He'll, I yeah. I, I know he's been at fault a few times this season. I ain't gonna lie, but I still think he's better than League One by mm-hmm. far. You know, and if we keep him, I'll be delighted in a way. But even that, I want Dills to play because I think he needs yeah. Dills needs games now. But if if Declan stays, yeah, fine. But I, I think he'll get better offers elsewhere. And the amount of abuse he got, where was it? Northampton, wasn't yeah. it? The mm. amount of abuse he got for conceding the goal. I was thinking, why would you stay? Why would you bother? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that might, that must be the case at every club, though. People they oh. probably get people. But like, literally, they were screaming at him. I don't even know what they were screaming at him for. But I don't know if it's because we just we just lose all the time and that was it. But I just think, it, I just think our goalies get so much stick sometimes, a lot more mm. than what I see usually. Mm. So, well, since you know when we had Hamer, I know we were winning, but even when we had Elliot and he made the odd mistake because his distribution was like amazing. Yeah. He never. I don't. Know, I just feel a bit sorry for Deck, but I think he'll be gone anyway. Right, what about Adam Chickson as a player we haven't actually seen playing much recently? I mean, I thought, I thought he was looking okay when he was in the team, so I'm surprised he hasn't played as much. I know he had these injury problems, but I don't know if that's still hanging over him or not. But I'd have had him here all day long until, like you say, the last few games he's been dropped and Carl's talked about playing team for next season. You wonder whether he's going to be here. I mean, it, it, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary just got better and better as the season's gone on I think I think when me and Nath comment, 
commentated at MK, MK Dons yeah. he had a particularly good game and then it seems from there he's just grown and grown and grown and yeah I'd have him here but as you say if he's being dropped now you wonder if he's going to be sticking around mm. Mm. ok next one let's have a uh, uh, now in terms of our defensive partnership and we were for for a large portion of the season we were playing with uh, with Bauer and, and Teixeira at the back because obviously Pierce was out injured and this is Teixeira who, who was frozen out by by Russell Slade at the start of the season was sort of came in with a clean slate. But now since then I've noticed again the last few games it's been it's been Conzer and Pierce playing at the back. Mm. Um, and do, do you think that, that that gives you any indication as to whether the likes of Baron to Cheryl will be here next next year? I think so. I think I think you'd have them and I think Harry Harry will play a few more games. Um about Bauer and to Cheryl, I think that I don't think they'll be here. I mean A for money reasons. Mm. And B to be fair they could play at a higher level. You know, I'm not saying they're blooming you know, Vincent Company or whatever, but they're they're better than League One, and they probably cost us a fair whack. To be honest, let's not beat around the bush about it. So, um, I mean, Conzer and Pierce, yeah, I'd have no qualms about that at all. I think, yeah, it depends who we bring in again. I think to share will definitely go. You would think Roger Johnson's going to go. Who's? So, uh, with Southwest Alex has asked us on the uh, on the Chapman Life Forum if we think Roger Johnson will be attendance for the lap of honour. On uh, being in attendance for that, do you reckon on, on Sunday? I'd be surprised. <laughs> is there going to be a lap of honour on Sunday? It won't be an honour. <laughs> just a lap. It's just going to be a lap. A lap of misery. Sprinting. <laughs> but, uh, make a sprint. Yeah, I think Pierce, Konza, Lennon, maybe Bauer will still be here. I don't think that's too bad. I think we need strengthening still. But um, I think Tex will definitely go. Bauer might go. But yeah, Lennon. I'd only want Lennon as support. I don't want him starting every game. But I could see Pierce. If Jacko's not going to play, I could see Pierce being captain yeah, next yeah. year. And I think Konza, if he's alongside him, he's going to learn a lot. He's going to have had another season under his belt. You know, he's fast becoming not a youngster anymore. Um, so I think those two could work. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've got Nicky Ojozen, and this is an interesting one. He's been out on loan at, um, at Swindon for the second half of the season. So his season's over now because he not, not, won't get to play on Sunday. Um, what about him? Now, obviously, again, played a little bit under Russell, then, then effectively dropped for a while coming in in bits and pieces and Carl obviously didn't fancy him because he sent him out on loan in January so do you reckon he'll give him another chance I can't, you'd think that that'd be a, a surefire no I can't see it I really can't even though I think Nicky, Nicky will have something to offer um, which you know he's shown that at Swindon he's, back, he's scored a couple of goals because they play the way they play to his strengths mm. Robbo wants to play if he does play Nicky he's not going to play him as the focal point up front he's going to play him out wide like he done with Kieran Agard but Jose's not that inside forward winger type. He's not going to track back. He's not. He's a poacher. Um, I can't see him being there. I, he'll either, I reckon he'll either loan him out again if no one buys him. Um, but I can't see him being there unless the Jose changes his the way he plays. But I can't. I can't. I can't see it. Do you think there's danger we're going to sell Ricky Holmes in the summer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Really I think danger. he's gone already. I think. Really? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon, I reckon he'll go United. If United put a bid in, I reckon he'll go straight. Man or Sheffield? because he's worked with Wilder he's going to play in the championship he's not 20 years old I'm not saying he's old but you know he's not young it might be his only opportunity he's in his prime mm. I think well, I man. think it'd be crazy not to go even though I'd love him to stay and I'd even put my I'd say give him captaincy just to make him stay mm. I remember That's you saying when he shortly after he arrived here that this was probably the pinnacle of his career so far yeah. uh, and it was because it's the highest level he's played but he's shown this season he can play even higher again so I agree with Nath obviously I'd do anything you can to keep him here but I'd have no qualms with him if he decides actually I've had an offer from the championship because he deserves to give that level yeah. a go 
Mm. And you're both talking like as if it's a done deal. Have you got inside information on that then, Nathan? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, ju- I, ju- I just think if if, if, it's, if they just uh, if they if they put a bid in, I, f- I think it's 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 done. But the only other option is that we give him because he'll go all right, give me a nice contract, yeah. which. I can't see them giving him a, a really big bump contract. Mm. Right, uh, another lone player. Do you think Jordan Botaka's done enough to <laughs> uh, to nah. warrant coming back next year? I'd like I'd like him to have done more. Um, I, I think you can see there's something in there. I remember when he came, Leeds Leeds fans were a bit gutted that they chipped him out, but um, no, he's not done enough, has he? No. He, he, had, he had he's had little flashes, and he yeah. you know when he hit the post against Rochdale and then sort of scored somehow <laughs> but um, no to be fair to him he, he did have a sort of stop start and he looked a bit rusty when I first saw him but like you said you can see there's something there but it's not you don't know if he's going to fall over or not when he has yeah. the ball he'll either be amazing and set up like McGuinness did the other day or he'll do, do some some yeah. sort of dribble and then don't know where the ball is but uh, if he was on a free if we got him on a free I'd say yeah okay but I wouldn't pay money for him well, I wouldn't get him on loan or anything because I think that loan could be probably better spent elsewhere. But yeah. if it was a free transfer, then maybe. And we talk we talk about the youngsters, and we've, we've always sort of, sort of mentioned Esri Conza, but between him and Ariba, do you think there's a chance that they're going to be here next season? And that's another question because we, we have at times sold our, our best players, but then we did keep on to Adam Lutman last summer, for example. So I don't at the moment I don't think they've done enough to to get in that spotlight in the same way that Shelby, that Gomez, that mm. Lutman have done. Um, I think they've been very, very good players for us, uh, and I think they they can shown they can do a job at least at League One level. But you know they've not torn this league apart, and mm. they're not being raved about in the same way. You know, Lutman was all over the airwaves, and you know people knew about him from from very young, uh, and he was scoring goals. And okay, that's not necessarily these two's job, but I think they need to do a little bit more to get in that public spotlight so I think it's a good thing but I think for the moment we might have kept them under the radar enough that they can do something together next season hopefully I think I think Cons is developing quicker I think mm, yeah. I think Arebo's got not a lot I don't want to be horrible here but I think he needs to work a lot on his positional sense and his intelligence and he goes and wandering where, doesn't he sometimes yeah, sometimes he goes missing sometimes he gets out of muscle I think his positional play is a bit uh, suspect at times um, but with, with the ball I think he's absolutely fine um, Konza as well I think Konza's fine um, I just again I, th- I just like to see Konza beef up a little bit in my opinion because I think he, he, he can he can win but that Rochdale game mm. we, he went off injured but that, that Calvin Andrew literally bullied yeah. him literally and that's the only thing I fear when he plays at centre half but I think Esri's best position is as that DM instead of Cross yeah, that's why I think Konza's same. best position is now Lee Novak's a striker that's uh uh, would you reckon he's still he's still got he's still got he's still got at least a year possibly two years left on, on his deal actually hasn't he so mm-hmm. I mean he's not he, I can't see him being shipped you know he's not he, I can't, he's, he's, there's no reason for him to leave but I mean do, do you think he'll, he'll feature much next season mm-hmm. I think with a great respect to him I don't know who's going to come in for him as well because he's not had a good season yeah um, I think he'll be here yeah I think mm-hmm. I don't think he'll feature much if Cole has it his way he'll get somebody else in or maybe McGuinness or, or what but we'll come on to them but there'll be somebody else leading the line but if he can you know we saw what he did last season he does score goals and if he can make that sort of impact off the bench he could be a useful player for us next season which is what I thought he'd do this year and as Nave said there you, just, you feel a bit sorry for him because you asked us about our worst signs of the season he was one I had listed could not really you know I'm gutted and he, it's just been a real letdown um, but I think he'll be here next year 
Mm. And you mentioned there, Tony Watt is an interesting one. He's got another year on his deal, though. Do, do you think we're going to look to try and move him on at all? Or would you, would, would you think he's shown enough to, to be the spearhead of our attack next season? Um, I don't, uh, he seems... It's a bit. I know it's social media, but since Jacko's taken him under his wing, he seems to have um, grown up a little bit. You can just tell the way he is, and he's a bit. I don't know. I, ca- I can't explain it, but I think he'll be here. Well, I don't know if if we'd say to him we want him here, but again, I don't think if there's going to be many suitors for him. Um, but I think if, if if Jacko's got him under his wing, I think he probably will be here. But again, where is he going to fit in? In turn, into, is he going to be this lovely number ten that Cole wants? Mm. I don't know. He's obviously on a diet, isn't he? He's not. He hasn't eaten meat for forever. How long? <laughs> he's on some sort of diet plan. So, don't know. Maybe Cole wants him here, and that's what he's trying to do so far. But I'm 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 in fifty fifty. I'm not. I don't know if I like it like him to be here or not I'm not too sure yeah. we, we talked about McGuinness so I think he, he will be here in the next yeah. but there's this one that I found interesting is Carlin Ahern Grant now he's played on on Saturday up, mm-hmm. at, up at up at Chesterfield obviously for Carl to have a look at him now he's, he's again his contract still got a couple of years left on it um, and, and also I've heard he's on like quite high money for, for a player of his standing in, in like higher than other first team players uh, so I think we'll struggle to move him on, but I think in terms of what we've seen recently, he, the, the form he shows in, in the 23s is, is, tends to be rather good, but he's just never shown it in the first team, really, has he? No, he's uh, he's one I really like as well. Every time he comes on, I'm always willing him to do well because I, I like the look of him and, and what he can offer. And as you say, what he does in those those youth teams is unbelievable, but I think it's just it doesn't look like it's going to happen. This must be, what, the third season that he's had little introductions and little chances and he's not... You know, like Joe Piggott, we gave him a few chances and it just didn't work out. I think this is similar and I think he's the sort of striker that could easily go someone else in League One and bang in 20 goals quite comfortably and it just doesn't look like it's working here, unfortunately. Um, I, I, again, similar to Novak, I, I'd like him to be around, but I think realistically I'm, I'm not sure if we're if we're ever going to see the best of him now. Right, we've gone through uh, so lists of, uh, of, of the players there, the ones who we think will possibly will possibly stay. We've gone through the majority of them, but I think uh, we, we need to really to, to hear from Jake Forster Cassidy. He came to speak to us after the uh, game at Chesterfield last Saturday, and we haven't played this yet, so I thought we'd like to hear it. He uh, obviously scored the opening goal for the Alex, and then he missed a penalty late on. Uh, and I think you'll be able to guess which one was playing on his mind more. Jake, uh, a decent win, away win under the belt, and uh, more importantly, uh, another goal for yourself. Um, yeah, obviously it's nice to win, but um, a little bit gutted about the penalty at the end. But uh, overall, we're happy to uh, start picking up results um, because now it's about looking um, ahead to next year and, and going into next season um, with a positive vibe. You must have been delighted the way the goal came. It, was, uh, it, it fell decently for you, but you had to manoeuvre yourself to get that left foot shot away and you hit it nicely. Yeah, I just shifted it um, a yard and... Um, you know, I struck it quite well, and and luckily it went in. Um, something I've got to add to to my game, because um, if you're a goal scoring midfielder, um, you're obviously uh, worth a lot more. So um, you know, obviously I want to keep scoring goals for the team um, and keep winning games. Stuttering season since you've come at the club, obviously through injury, so it must be uh, great. It must be delighted to get game time under your belt, and, and in a in a position where uh, we're not in a, in a relegation scrap. Yeah, I mean, at one stage it looked. Um, I mean, we was all looking at the bottom uh, four, and we knew we was getting close to it. But uh, you know, now obviously there's no pressure on us. Um, we know that we've we've not done very well this season, but uh, you know, we're all focused for next year and. If we can 
Uh, we've got one game to go. If we can pick up another win, uh, I think we'll be going into next year full of confidence. Just uh, the penalty at the end, I won't talk about that. It was a decent save from the kicker, obviously, but uh, did you feel that uh, had the ball come to you a little bit quicker in the breakaway, you would have been able to finish it and not needed the penalty in the first place? <laughs> yeah, we can blame Bataka for that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, to be honest with you, it's just a terrible penalty. Um, I've taken uh, a few and never missed, and uh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit annoyed by that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, is there something you'll play on your mind? You've, you've, you've played well, uh, decent performance, good goal. Is that penalty going to override? It's not going to affect the, your overriding feeling the whole game. Surely. Um, I don't know. When uh, you get a penalty, I, I definitely expect to score it. So uh, I'm a little bit gutted. But um, no, we've won and I've scored. So you know. And it's my birthday Tuesday, so... Happy birthday yeah. Tuesday, so, uh, Thank you. Was it decided before that you were going to take the penalty before today, or was it just an on-the-pitch on decision that you made? No, I just felt that um, it was the 90th minute and I run the old pitch to uh, get up next to the attacker and Giza's brought me down, so I just wanted to take it. Yeah. And we were just off-camera there, we were just talking about your, your goal against Southend, about you, you were saying you're, you're going to try and claim that, so that might be your second goal for the club, but it was a, a fine strike from distance. Uh, I'm definitely claiming that because I did touch it um, so they need to give it to me because I want to <laughs> um, yeah so hopefully they do give it to me yeah. cool thanks the manager was saying earlier that he thinks that you should score more goals is that something that you would agree with? yeah definitely um, like I said before I feel like I need to add goals to my game um, I think people would say that I'm quite neat and tidy but if you can start adding goals and assists um you become much more valuable and you, you impact the game a lot more. So uh, I've been working hard. Um, obviously, Lee Bowie has come in and he's helped. Um, got Johnny Jackson here who always helps me. He tells me about he needs to get in the box more. Um, the gaffer's always been on at me about and he score more goals. So, you know, I'm working hard behind the scenes and, and hopefully now it's paying off. The way you put that goal away, it's hard to think that you haven't scored more goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, I've only probably scored a handful of goals in my career, so uh, obviously I'm still young, so if I can keep improving, um, the goals uh, can come, um, and hopefully they do, because uh, obviously if we're looking for uh, looking to next season, if I can, if we can score from midfield and all different areas, um, uh, the teams that go up, and, and that's obviously what we want to do. It's probably not much consolation to you at the moment, but their goalkeeper has got a very good track record of saving penalties. <laughs> Everybody keeps bringing that up, don't they? But I miss. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I was just—it was obviously a good save, but it was a terrible penalty. So I was like, I'd expect keep it to save that. Fox throws it in towards the box, towards Pierce, gets his head out. Oh! Again, another penalty for John. They have a second chance to redeem themselves. The addicts heard protesting his, Indian, uh, his innocence but his hand was up and Pierce's head are cannoned off her arm can he maintain his composure as he steps up to strike this right footed he does and yes! the goal down the bottom left hand corner and Charlton a play to get out of jail free card here you've got to say as Nicky Jose pulls Charlton back level From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio.
Greenwich. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. Charlton Live. Welcome back. Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. The final big match preview of the season as we look ahead to Sunday's game with Swindon here at the Valley. 12 o'clock kickoffs. Don't forget to rock up nice and early. Yeah, Nathan's infused by that early early morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just want to say congratulations actually as well to the women's team who won their Capital uh, Cup final against Spurs. They're in the middle of playing Spurs three times in Cup finals and uh, they, <laughs> they lost the first one but they come back and won the second one having been a goal down so well done to them. Uh, and of course to Jason Yule's under 23 teams. They've won the uh, PLD2 um, league at that level and then they go into the, the national playoffs now to try and win the whole national thing. Uh, so congratulations to both those teams. Now obviously at the end of the season you like to sit, sit down and look back at your uh, at your highlights and your lowlights of the season, and uh, I, I set I set the two the two gentlemen sitting opposite me on the table uh, a few questions throughout the day for them to think about. So we'll, we'll just go from we'll just go from the, sorry, I just attacked a dymo machine there in the studio. Uh, we'll just go from uh, the, the top of this. I mean, obviously, the, the, you look back over the course of the forty six games, we haven't had the final one yet. So this one, maybe hopefully, it will trump all of them. But uh, your fa- your favourite game of the season, Tom. Uh, I had the four-one Bristol just after January. Yeah, the like, Josh McGuinness hat trick. Josh yeah. McGuinness hat trick. Yeah, it's funny, really, because that was um, it was, it was Carl's first win or Carl's first win for a while first for a long time. Yeah, and um, it might even have been his. I think it was his first Possibly. win. Yeah, uh, and um, it just felt like at that point we saw a performance against a team that we'd already thrashed five-one in the season. You, you suddenly think, well, he's, he's finally clicked now. He's finally got us going. Yeah, and we just played. We played such nice football. Uh, you know, it was a new year. Um, I had like eight of my family were here for my birthday. Um, McGuinness scores a hat trick. It was just, yeah, just one of those really good days to be down here. So mm. it was probably. I, th- I had the three-nil Shrewsbury early on in the season as a good one as well, um, and the five-one Bristol away. But I wasn't that. But obviously, it was a good result. Um, but yeah, four-one Bristol at home was the one for me. No favourite game. Uh, I went something different. I went for Scunthorpe at home, uh, just because we uh, just that first after desire and stuff. And obviously, we didn't win in eight. And obviously, it was after that Northampton game, which me and Tom will try and forget. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that first half, it was the I think it was the first time I actually really saw. Um, it was that moment when Ricky Holmes and Nathan Byrne we chased it down and won. and it, that was the first time I remember the season. I was actually on the edge of my seat and actually really happy with the commitment so mm. and I, like I said without the winning eight I think it was just vitally important um, because of that, that run of games as well because we had Sheffield United in there as well so uh, yeah that, I'd pick that one as probably my best game just for mm. the performance yeah I think for me I'm going to have to say there, there was some there's a lot of contenders up there obviously Bristol and Rovers away the 5-1 win there was a contender but I think the best one for me had to be the the 10 men win away at Bolton yeah. I mean a, promote a team that will be probably be promoted over the weekend uh, we were down to down to 10 men after early after Lewis Page got sent off they scored from the resulting free kick we went 2-1 up uh, before half time our second goal was a glorious counter attack with Forster Kasky and Byrne uh, and then we held and defended so so comfortable as well and that's that's when I remember thinking after that game like Carl struggled to get a tune out of him really in his tenure so far but I thought oh, he's, he's got a little bit of spirit into him now let's see where we go from there and that was the last time we'd won in, in eight games which was incredible really uh, which now leads us on nicely to the to the worst game of the season Mr Wallin um, I've got five listed here <laughs> four defeats but got I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to go with the one-all draw at home to Oldham. Yeah, um, I was commentating with Tell for that game, and it was just just awful. Just a, such a poor performance. I remember speaking to to Russell Slade after, and he seemed shell shocked mm. uh, by his own team's performance. No, MK at home, flat, that poor, was on the list. and that's the cir- the cir- circumstances as well. With um, yeah, 
obviously the, the, the PC Palmer PC stuff, Palmer and, stuff yeah. I just thought f- f- to not even just put they probably did you know I'm not going to sit here and say they didn't they're not professional but that performance could have been for any other game but that one and mm. that's why I put that in there because that was that was flat and it was awful to watch yeah, Woeful. yeah for me I'm going to have to go for Cheltenham away uh, for, no, for pa- patience reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so now best signing of the season. Obviously, we've seen a few. I think. I think for, for me, sure. th- there's probably only one contender for this. But let's hear. Overstad. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you lying, Tom? Yeah, Ricky Holmes. Yeah, Ricky yeah. Holmes. Yeah, Ricky. yeah, okay, Ricky Holmes for me as well. Uh, although I think McGuinness first half of the season's up there. Mm. Uh, now the worst signing of the season. Now, th- so this is a difficult one because I think. Yeah, there hasn't been as many duds this season as as there has in previous seasons. But there's probably one or two in there that you got to be disappointed with. Um, see, I, I I did put I I put Novak down first, and then I just felt felt sorry for him again, and I put Lewis Page down because even though he he had an unlucky start, when I've actually seen him play, it's probably it's probably match fitness, but I've not not rated him since he's come in. Um, every time he's played, I know he played for twenty minutes and got injured against Millwall, and then he got sent off against Bolton. Then he had a couple of games, and I don't know. They're just when I when I compare Lewis Page to Chico and Jay De Silva, I'd still pick both of those above in, instead of Page. So in the, for that reason, and because I'm going to leave Big Nose alone, I'm going to say Lewis Page. Yeah, Tom Crofts. Crofts, who worst sign of the season? <laughs> now for me, now see for me, the worst sign of the season for me. Now you got to think about your expectation levels when you sign this player as well. And I've gone for Nicky Jose because you know, even though he did get what, seven or eight goals before he went out mm. on loan, he was so. It just didn't seem his heart was in it, or it just it, or the, the way yeah. we were playing. It, it was just a, such a letdown uh, for me. And I think Player of the Year probably fits in quite nicely to best signing of the season. But obviously, that o- op- 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 <laughs> yeah, opens it up for players who were here last season as well. But Holmes, Holmes yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, Holmes. Yeah. But you know, we've said Chico and De Silva. I think have been brilliant. But Holmes, would, Holmes is going to win it hands down. Mm-hmm. He, surely, and I mean, do. Apart, but who if, if Holmes wasn't here? If we pretend he wasn't here, who would you pick, honestly? You're struggling, aren't you? Maybe mm. McGuinness. You're struggling. For, yeah, for McGuinness. a third of the season, yeah. Well, Lutman probably be out there, wouldn't he? Lutman. God, I forgot we had him. <laughs> yeah. You'd probably have to say, you'd probably have to say, like, Cons has been there, you know, yeah. I don't know, but. That's, that says it in itself what yeah. sort of seasons we've had we, we had a struggling. tweet in from Matt Gainsford actually earlier about Konza he said he thinks Konza could have a good next season if he's allowed to develop in one position yeah. uh, he's looked yeah, a bit lost true. when uh, when CM not DM so he obviously thinks that um, in terms of uh, his performances they could be better if he was allowed to settle into one position which is probably fair because he has to be moved around which yeah. is quite difficult for a youngster of his mm. age mm. yeah I agree with that yeah right um, trying to think what order I'm going to do this in right funniest your funniest moment of the season I've got a couple <laughs> I've got two yeah, yeah right two. go on Tom uh, way yeah, <laughs> yeah <and laughs> when Slade had a go at you. Oh, oh lovely! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad someone found out funny. <laughs> well, no wonder why you just, said it in the WhatsApp group. It's just the way he said it. Yeah. It just made me laugh. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, if, if people have been recording, David Moyes had nothing on what he was. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, that bit I didn't find so funny. Yeah, uh, Nathan. Oh yeah, it was, it was obviously cross at Christmas, and then there yeah. was a. I'll try and shorten it down. Basically, when we played Southampton at home, Foley was literally ran all like all game, and then we had one final sub, and then he's looked over the ball, sort of started walking off, looking relieved because he was blowing, like literally he was blowing, and they put cross number up in his face. <laughs> it was just like, are you being serious? And then he ran down and he nearly scored at the end. And then we said, then he had a penny. I said, oh, he's just going to hit the crossbar. And it hit the crossbar. So, <laughs> so I don't know, it was just a funny day. I was with um, Dan and uh, 
You were Joe, yeah? Joe, yeah, yeah. Joe Reed and Dan Farmer. So, uh, yeah, it was a funny, funny, funny <laughs> night. Yeah, no, I think... Because, uh, I, I, oh, obviously, the way... I, I think when I heard the, the Greg Stubbley bonkers commentary, that tickled me. That almost went in my Yeah, head. excellent stuff. Right, and, and now you, you're the best moment of the season. You come to the end of the season, and it's you know, it's been a struggle. We haven't achieved what we want to achieve, but this is still child, and we do still enjoy coming down here. So you've got to pick a, a best moment of the season. It doesn't, obviously, it doesn't have to be a, a game. It has to be a moment. Uh, for you, Mr. Tom? Uh, in terms of a specific moment, probably that hat-trick goal. Yeah. Yeah. Because of just general football. Um, and then I put the Upbeats walk. Oh, yeah. I thought the Upbeats day as a whole, it's the first time I'd done it. The walk was great fun. The day was good fun. Watching the game was great. And then the Charlton team won as well. So that as a day was just, that showed what being a Charlton fan is all about and kind of reminds you, even when we have a bad season, that there's still some good at the club. So those two for me. Yeah. Mine's exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same, yeah. Uh, well, in terms of a best man, I guess uh, other, other things is I think. Uh, Pig protest was quite funny. So in terms of in terms of a best <laughs> moment, that was quite good. Um, yeah, yeah I had you your protest noted as showing yeah. the unity of the fans again. Yeah, you mentioned you, you mentioned. Like, so I, I think the hat trick goal is one of my favourite moments. Yeah. I think I think just the relief when we when we got that win against Southend, mm. uh, just when we knew we were going to be safe. Obviously, then we followed up with a comprehensive Gillingham as win, win as well. But yeah, they're, they're, those moments are all uh, up there as well. Right, so now finally. Uh, manager of the season now normally that's a, a, a competition for the entire league but I think this is one that we can have at our own club now we've had uh, I'm, I'm not counting Nugent here because I, he's only he's only three games so it's between Slade and Robinson oh now. we're doing it here I thought we were doing it as the league one. Oh, sorry I've yeah. no, no no so yeah so it's between Slade and Robinson basically now who, who do you think was a better manager for us defensively Slade um, but I think in terms of um it's, it's a difficult one, but I, I would say Robbo. But I know I'm probably going to be in the minority. I think Slade. Yeah. I I don't. I'm not going to say we would have gone up with him, but I think we would have been a lot better off if we had just stuck a lot with more him. Steadier. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, yeah. yeah, we might have only finished two or three places higher, but the season itself would have been nowhere near as rocky if he'd have stayed. Mm. But then Slade did have Lookman, and True. Even Robbo did only have Lookman for a little bit. But True. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not. Right, look, uh, for me, in my opinion, I don't think Lookman stood out as our best player in the first no. half of the season, though. But no, he, he did. He did come up with some goals and some performances, though. I mean, and when he went, well, who did we really have apart from that? But I know Robbo hasn't won a lot of games, but I, I, I enjoy watching Robbo's games yeah, a little I agree bit with more. Than, that. Even though we travel miles and watched a three-all draw against three-all three draw and then a four-four-three defeat against Rose, yeah. it's a more open game, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's you're picking. Two from a bad bunch, and you really you, yeah. start, you can't really have a case for either. But if yeah. you had to pick, if that's I why to. I would have picked Nugent. Yeah, 100% <laughs> record. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I would have gone for for Russell Slade as well. I think, uh, he, he, despite you at the funniest moments of the season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, it's time to just very briefly look ahead to the Swindon game. We just had a tweet in from Will Bollin actually. He's uh, uh, designated uh, sign maker for Card, or one of them. Isn't oh, he? yeah. he's, he's made. He's tweeted us all the different signs that he's made. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Swindon now are confirmed as down. There's nothing riding on the game for either team apart from we could get bottom of the top half. Um, protests are going to be big this season. A last chance, perhaps, before the summer for, for fans to, to show what they want to show if they're if they're that way inclined. Also, if if things go the way that fans want, it might be the last chance they get to at all with this this ownership. Whether things change over the summer, I don't know. But if they do, obviously, this will be the last chance. So, yeah, I don't think what happens on the pitch is going to be the focus of many people. So. Um, 
yeah, it'll be an interesting day in the stands, I think. But it will be nice, though, to... You know, we, we, we've on this, this little unbeaten run now at the end of the season, and you know, do, do, do you believe that you can take momentum from one season to the next? I mean, there's, there's been yeah. the talk recently. I'm not, I'm, personally, I'm not sure if that would make that much difference, to be honest. But, yeah. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't hurt in terms of you know the, the feeling of the fans if we go off without, without losing a game in the last four or so. Yeah, I mean, you know... If we win on Sunday, if when we win it five nil or one nil, it's not gonna. I don't think it'll do a lot because of the turnover and stuff that we're gonna have. But it's like you said, it's always nice to win win your last game, and because the last couple of years have been pony, you know. What I mean, we've been relegated and been on bad runs, so we've got to try. We've got to take the rough with the smooth. So if we win, I'd, I'd enjoy it, but I know it's not gonna make a blind bit of difference in the summer. But yeah, like you say, it's always nice to win and end a season, mm. a bad season on some sort of high coming top of our mini 18 team or whatever it is but um, league but yeah I, I hope so but it's the last a lot you got some of these players probably have to play for a bit for their future I suppose maybe <laughs> yeah Ray right. Bates has just tweeted in saying I can't believe that Louis's uh, favourite moment wasn't the home win versus Arsenal if you're after a Palace fan that I think you're after Freddie Saunders on that one, Ray. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that crown's been taken from me, thankfully. Uh, right, so I mean, just very, very, very briefly, Jacko sounds like he's going to be leading out the team now, because because we, we're still hanging in, we don't actually know what the situation is. I think it's important that we make sure we get he gives a really good reception, don't you? Definitely, uh, and I hope this isn't the way he's going to go out because, as I say, what happens on the pitch it, it is fairly secondary by the looks of things, but. Yeah, he deserve. If that is the last time we see him, then we he deserves a whole show really to talk mm. about him and what he's done for this club because it's been nothing short of amazing to to help drag us back to back to the championship. And okay, we've then fallen back down, but he's been just a brilliant captain for us. Excellent stuff, right? We've run out of time on this this packed Cheltenham lives. We haven't even got time for predictions. We're just gonna have to end the show. This is our final big match preview uh, of the season. We hope you've enjoyed this. Don't forget our final show of the season will be on Sunday. Uh, the end, the traditional end of season party. Uh, there's going to be quizzes there's going to be food there's going to be beer in the studio hopefully uh, so we hope you, you join us at 7pm on Sunday but Tom and Nate thanks for coming in this evening cheers uh, everyone I've been Louis Mendes we'll see you on Sunday for the last show of the season see you later Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.